Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 86. This week, we'll be recapping the recent week in Fab, as usual, week nine of Fab, and uh, going over the players we liked and like our thought process and whatnot, plus some awesome listener questions, as always, from you guys out there. You can find myself on Twitter at BDentric, and my co-host is always on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, the one, the only Toby G. How are we doing, man? I'm good, Bubba. I'm good. I um, I went to my first baseball game this weekend uh on saturday i went to an a's game a's angels the uh the pitching duel that was alex cobb versus uh frankie montas but um that was a lot of fun it was fun to be back in a ballpark i took my seven-year-old and it's the first time since he was a toddler that we went to a game when we lived in seattle we were pretty close to the stadium i worked within a miles walk so we would just park at my work and and walk down there and, and go to games a lot but we went and it was so cool because it just reminded you like all these things that we take for granted. I mean, we take for granted, like we're realizing because of COVID, I think that we take a lot of things for granted, but we're in the drive up to the game, you know, and we're, and we're talking about it. And you know, he's like, Hey dad, is there going to be a scoreboard there? And I'm like, Oh dude, there's going to be a scoreboard. I mean, they have multiple scoreboards and their videos that they're going to play on the scoreboard. He's like, whoa. And then I'm explaining to him like how the vendors work, you know? So I'm like, you're watching the game and there's people and they'll go through the um, stands and they'll have things like, cause we were going to get, I told him you can get cotton candy and ice cream. Like that's the only way I got him in the car to drive you know, three <laughs> hours to and from the game each way, you know? And so I'm like, I'm like, there will be somebody who has cotton candy. And as they're walking through the aisles, they'll be like cotton candy here, cotton candy, you know? And you just raise your hand and they and then you pay them and they give you the cotton candy right there. And then when you're in the walkways, when you're going in between seats, they actually have restaurants that are built into those to the <laughs> walkways. So you can get food. And then he's like, he's like, so you get food inside and outside? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's exactly what happened. So it's just these things that, you know, if you go to a game all the time, you're so used to them, but seeing them through a kid's eyes and being able to be like, you're right. Like, that's pretty cool that that, that, that can happen, you know? Um, awesome. So it was a lot of fun. It, it was, it was a blast to go to the game and um, really, really enjoyed it. And thank you for allowing me to share that, that little story. It really, 
really brightened my day up and it gave me a huge smile as we headed to the ballpark. Oh, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. Baseball, happy thoughts, happy times. So For sure. that's the beauty of it, especially when there's injuries everywhere you look, like even on Tuesday, Fernando Tatis Jr. left with an oblique strain, you know, Josh, John uh, Flaherty yeah. on the Flaherty on the IL with a severe oblique for strain. Hitting, right? Yeah. For so severe they called it? That's what they called it was severe. Yes. Like they didn't diagnose it like grade one or grade two or anything. They said severe. So it's like it's something every day. I, I saw a stat. I don't think he got hurt or anything, but Dane Dunning hit tonight. He has not hit since like junior high school, I think. I don't even think he hit in high school. Like <laughs> It is insane that we're having pitchers hit now. It's just, it's crazy. And I, and I was team no DH for the longest time, but just watching this take place, it's just like, we can't do this, guys. Like, it just can't happen anymore. It's too much. But uh, hey, I digress. Andrew Heaney got a hit off a of wood tonight and scored a run. So there you go. Anything can happen. Yeah. But um, let's recap some fab. As always, we have one really big name um, that we, we, we know. The, the first big, big bids we've had in quite some time. And that's the one and only Alec Manoa. The young prospect from the Tampa or the Toronto Blue Jays, absolute stud, six solid, seven K shutout innings against the Yankees in his debut in the Bronx. Pretty darn impressive stuff there. He goes again on Wednesday night. So if you listen to us on Wednesday, goes that night in Buffalo um, in that matchup. But you get Alex Manoa as high as five hundred and eighty-two dollars. Some league he went as low as twelve dollars. No idea, but that's get, a heck of a league. Cause, that lead, Bubba. Yeah, because like is, is that one of the with the hundred dollar what fab ones they do on the NFC? It must be. It must be because like we've talked before. I'm like usually not super aggressive, but I'm like I was putting like 160, 180. Like for me, that kind of feels like I'm getting aggressive now, mm-hmm. and yeah, not even close, <laughs> not even close. But um, I guess it's just I'll get your thoughts first. What were your thoughts on Manoa? Like when you went when you were going to bid because you obviously put bids in. I don't know how much, but what was your thoughts on Manoa going into it? Yeah, I mean, my general thoughts for Manoa were, I think a lot of smart people really like him, number one. And it's not like he's new. Like, if you've been following prospects, I think people have been, um, you know, the prospect folks have been kind of pumping pumping him up a little bit since the beginning of the season. So I actually added him in Barf. That's the one place where I have him. I had him in Barf. How much did, you know, no, but you got him a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I got him three weeks okay. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For fan, on fan track. So I was able yeah. to pick him up a while, a while back. But I, I was thinking that. But then I was also thinking, you know, he's still a rookie pitcher. And, and we don't know what's going to happen. Like when you look at his projection for a rookie pitcher, it's really good, right? Four ERA, uh, 4.0 ERA, 125 whip you know, 10 strikeouts per nine, something like that. So clearly for a, for a pitcher, you know, those projections uh, for a new pitcher, uh, those projections are good. So I looked at that, you know, I looked at what we have, at least from major league data, you know, which was the outing against the, the, um, against the Yankees where he was good, but not necessarily dominant. I mean, you know, there was some luck there with the Babbitt, uh, you know, the he wasn't getting chases outside the zone really that much, but he was getting a decent swing strike. CSW was okay in zone contact. So I kind of look at all of that and I said, look, is he going to be the best pitcher that shows up on the waiver wire moving forward? Potentially. But just based on how I felt and where my teams were at and how much budget I had left, it's really hard when you have like five, 600 bucks to throw down 300 bucks with the remaining season that we have. And so my bids were, I think the highest I bid for him was maybe, it was similar to you, where I think in one league where I had a lot more fab, I went up to 160, 170. 
I was in the 140 to 200, 120 range where I had like maybe five to 600 bucks. And then um, I was at like 80 to 90 where I didn't have that much fat. So it was like potentially I could get him, but probably not. And I didn't get him anywhere, which, you know, with all things considered, I, I think that was kind of to be expected. So that's just a long way of saying he looks like a good player. I didn't get him. I wasn't aggressive enough. I didn't anticipate being aggressive enough to get him. I, my All of my money went to Shane McClanahan uh, earlier from, on in the season. From, from so Clan, I'm, I'm content Clan, with, with that splurge. Yeah. yeah. From the clan McClanahan. It'd be nice if the Rays would actually let him pitch more than five mm-hmm. innings. And he goes like 65 to 70 pitches. It's like, just let the kid go. I know it's what they do. And it's worked for them. I get it. But, man, like, let him go. The dude's good. I mean, the volume's not great innings wise but the production he's great. still getting you six seven k's a game yep. as long as they let him go five i was worried there yep. with luis patino um but i think we talked about that i think we talked about yeah. how patino's skills actually didn't look that good even though he was pitching well so yeah anyways manoa congrats to folks who got manoa i hope it works out well for them except of course you don't really hope it works out for them since you don't have any shares but i hope it exactly does well, the, the Manoa thing, we were kind of on the same path. Like usually you went way deeper into your stat breakdown than I than I did when I went to go put bids in. Like you looked at every aspect of it, which is why you are you do what you do and aren't successful at it, and I do caveman things. But um, we were on the same process of I think he's going to be really good, but he's a rookie, so how late does he go in most starts? Does he miss a few starts? Like there's so many, so many kind of questions involved that – if he was a hitter, I'd feel a lot more comfortable going, okay, like if Bobby Wood Jr. comes up and they're going to play him every day, okay, now I feel a little more comfortable at least throwing the money out there knowing I'm getting an offensive guy playing every day. The pitching situation, we know that landscape's crazy. The other part, with already so much fab getting spent, we're only two months into the season, so about a third of the way through, and all the injuries we're seeing, we're going to need money. Like breaking the bank now is going to just be – like I was looking at some leagues. I'm down to about 200 bucks. And I'm already trying to game plan. Okay, I got about ten bucks to do this. Or like, I'm, it's 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 at that point to to not because we talked about it before the season started. It happened to me last year in TGFBI, even on a shortened season. If you run out of fab, you just pray and hold on. Like you just pray that things go your way. And with the injuries right now, I think it's gonna be very tricky to do. So that was my biggest thing. It's nothing against Alec Manoa. Like the people that went and got him, kudos. I just I, I I'd love to see from here on out how their fab bidding goes. Who do they pick up? Are they getting like fringe, like two pitch guys, like two start guys? Like, what are they getting to fill their gaps compared to guys like yourself that has a ton of fab left and can actually go spend a few extra bucks to get maybe someone a little more influential, if that makes sense? So, I want to see how that plays out going forward. And then, like, obviously, that's going to be tough to weigh it out without being like super analytical about it. But I think that's kind of the angle, at least the thought process uh, going forward on that one. Yeah, those right. the, the overbids now are, are kind of painful because you don't have that fab to really waste. So when you go when you're a little too aggressive on somebody, you're like, oh, I'm glad I got this guy, but I really could use that thirty bucks I yeah. I overspent on him at this point with 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 what you mentioned. I'm even like mad when I see I put like eleven bucks in and nobody backup bid it. I'm like, oh, I could have saved ten dollars. Like yeah. every little bit, it's just like, oh man, come on. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at, and it's June first, so. Uh, Lucas Sims, everyone's kind of getting back on the bandwagon. Picked up in 231 leagues, as high as 134 bucks again. Platoon situation in the bullpen, kind of. So it's a, it's a steep bid, but he's gotten the role of late. Garrett's looked okay, but not great. So it looks like it could be Sims' deal, but 
that's still a, a very fluid situation, to say the least, Toby. Yeah, I'm totally out on the Reds' bullpen, honestly. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I've picked up and dropped Lucas Sims like two or three times on a bunch of different teams. There's no, there's no method to it. Like he got the two saves. And then I think if people were paying attention, it was either Saturday or Sunday where they gave it to, um, they brought him in in the fifth or the sixth inning or something like that. I thought it was going to be Garrett for a little while. He blew his one shot and now he's out of it. He gave up four earned runs in one inning today, I think. Um, you know, I mean, TJ Anton is the only guy in that bullpen that I'd want. And really for me, I had TJ Anton in some 12s. And I just find it really hard to have him in, in, in 12s because, you know, whenever you're in a situation, generally in 12s, you can cobble together the, the type, a good pitching staff. So you actually have some pretty difficult decisions about who do I start this day or the night. And it's really hard with Anton to be like, well, if he only throws once this week, like I'm going to get three strikeouts. I'm not going to get any saves. I'm probably not going to get a chance at a win. You know, it's just really hard to balance all of that out and have him on your team. Cause I had him on my team and I didn't put him in for like three or four weeks. Cause it's just like, yep. eh, he just wasn't quite there. So in a 15, I think he, it's more solid, but in shallower leagues, it's hard to have him. So I'm kind of completely out on the Reds bullpen. You know, Sims is fine. He walks a ton of guys though. Um, his, his BABIP is super low. So there's some regression coming there. I just, I'm just out on their bullpen altogether. I think. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. Like you said, when he came into the fifth or whatever it was the other day, it was just like, what in the world are these guys? Like, it was almost as bad as Joe Musgrove coming in an eight to one blowout on Sunday instead of pitching his two starts on this. Like sometimes I just really wonder what the what managers are thinking. But hey, they get paid the big bucks, right? So um, I'm with you. The Anton thing is it's really tricky because yeah, in twelves also with fewer teams, you need more saves usually to qualify higher in the saves category. So you can't just punt the position as much as getting ratio help and elsewhere in a 15-team league. So there's even more of a burden there, kind of as you were saying. So, yeah, I would – um, I like Sims if I had to pick one. That's who I've liked all season. But I'd prefer kind of to, to stay far, far away because it seems like it's going to be a day-to-day situation. Uh, this next one is going to make Toby oh so happy because this is his boy, one of his boys. Brad Miller picked up in 229 leagues, as high as pick 150. I even got to write him up this week in an outfield waiver wire column because he's playing that well, and the the Phillies are banged up, so he's playing all over the place. Like he played like five Steel positions races? in like five days. Like he, it's the the flexibility is through the roof with Brad Miller. So I like him a lot. I still don't know if 150 bucks is there, but hey, to each their own. I think he is a good add though, especially in 15 team leagues. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean. I- I'm joking a little bit about the speed, but I think he already, he already has at least four stolen bases. Um, he's been a little bit of a tough one. I actually picked him up like two or three weeks ago. And then he went through a period where I think he only played like four out of six or something. And then I dropped him and I haven't gotten him back. So I don't actually have a ton of shares, but I love Brad Miller. I mean, he does everything just in terms of like filling up the box for the batting average is going to be a little bit on the low side. But for, for these days, right, like 240 is like better than league average. Yep. Uh, you know, he hits for pop. He's got the stat cast metrics. I haven't looked at them recently, but I know that he has in the past, you know, really made some changes two years ago um, with the quality of contact that he was making. And, and so when he gets an opportunity, he's definitely a guy that I'd like to have in there and contributing with the Phillies. And God, they put up 17 today. I didn't see how how he did in particular, but whew. 
He's, yeah, he's so a good sunny, one. He's a good so, one. Sunny Gray owners, join the party. It's, it's been one of those years. Just join the party on that one. At least, at least he, didn't, he didn't get totally destroyed. Yeah, it was more I mean, the bullpen for sure. Four in, in like four, or like five in four innings or something. Yeah. But geez. Yeah, McCutcheon hit two home runs. Like he's waking yeah, he up did. in a big, big way. So yeah, that's he big. Did. It, it Herrera been, it could, hit two home runs. Yes. Odubel. Odubel. We could, talked it, about him last week or two weeks ago. It could have been worse. You could have had Dylan Cease, who lined up for two really good starts this week against Cleveland and Detroit, and Cleveland pounced on him. Like you, you That's one of the ones where you kind of lock it in going, yep, those are two good starts. I'm feeling happy. So everyone that wants to make fun of the Austin Gomber people out there, there's no one that's safe. Just remember that. No no one is safe in this landscape because Cease has looked really good, and he had two of the probably the best matchups you could potentially see in like the Central Division. And then first one did not go so sweet, so... It's a tough one out there. Very tough. But, yeah, Brad Miller, big fan of what he's doing. And If anything, it's the flexibility is huge. And even oh, before, yeah. like, the outfield injuries where he started playing more in the outfield, he was in a, the strong side of the platoon with Alec Baum because Baum's been playing so bad. They've been playing – they were playing Miller at third for a while against the uh, righties and letting Baum face the lefties. So he was strong side of the platoon there. They started playing some second and outfield. He, he's huge. So I'm, I'm a big fan of what he's doing. And Toby's been on him for a few years, folks. So just let make sure you know where that one came from. So check that out. Um, potential raise closer. This it, it doesn't sound oh, right. There's no, potential, potential. There is no raise. Yeah, there is no, ra- yeah, no raise closer. Definite in cement. Oh, oh, he's cementing things, folks. It's just like the old days where you cement it to the chain to your leg and jump in the water. Uh, JP Fireisen got picked up in two hundred twenty-seven. Is, is that where that phrase comes? From? I have no. I don't know. I just cementing make it up as it? I want. Wow. I was just, I was just, I was just making it up as we go. Um, he went, I like that. He's he went for as high as one hundred and forty one dollars. He's looked great. He's gotten I think three or four save chances of late and converted. He was really good with Milwaukee. Like I even picked him up in a saves hold league for a while because the ratios were good. The strikeouts were there. He, he was pretty much lights out. Rays got him in that trade for Adamas. He's been inserted there. Castillo has been out with like allergies or something the last few days. So keep that in mind. But JP seems like he's got a little bit of a hold on this, but it's the Rays, Toby. JP is the bomb. Um, I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I'll take my, I'll take my lumps, you know, I, I will take the Vlad Jr. lumps, but early this year, I said, why draft Devin Williams when you can draft this year's Devin Williams, JP Fire Eisen. Uh-huh. Yeah, or Fire that. Island, as he is becoming known as. Fire Island, I like it. Fire Island, right? Because I don't know anything about Fire Island, but I do not want to go there because it sounds No, it doesn't scary. sound fun. And that's how hitters feel against his changeup, Bubba. Um, no, I, I really like him a lot. Whether he's going to get all the saves or not, I, I don't know, right? Um, obviously, they've liked him. He pitched the eighth inning today, so maybe it's a high leverage thing. I, You know, it's hard to put any method to the madness at this point with a lot of these bullpens. But I think the thing that I love about fire Eisen is he's a really good pitcher skills wise. He's very, very good. If you look at his changeup and I'm not kidding, it's very Devin Williams esque. it's a different type of changeup. The swinging strike rate on his changeup is 32.2%. The swinging strike rate on his changeup is 32.2%. And then on his four seam, I think this was something that, Eno um, Saris mentioned when he was traded, he has like he's elite when it comes to vertical movement on his four seamer as well. So you knew what they were doing, you know. And this is the this is the Nick Anderson that 
that the Rays are Nick Anderson, Anderson, right? They're getting a guy who they see is going to just be an absolute force in that bullpen. And I think I was looking at, I think one of the changes that the Rays made, I'm going to see when he started pitching for them, May 22nd, um, in his first three appearances, I think he was actually throwing his changeup way more frequently than he had been um, throughout his time with the Brewers. Now the Brewers are a smart organization, so I'm not exactly sure like what whether that that's going to end up being the case. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the the skills have been decent. They've been decent. They haven't been outrageous. But he's really good. I like him a lot. I wish I had. Uh, there was one league where I really needed a closer, and I, I was. I think I was short by seven bucks oh. on him, and I'm kicking myself. But he's. Um, I think he's really good. I think he's the arm to own in that bullpen, and yeah, I think I think he's awesome. Fire Island. Really? And I shout out to. I think his name's Rocco or something like that. Who was the first person to say that in in. in in my mentions and um that's gonna happen a lot this year i hope fire island i like it there's got to be a gif you can find for that so um oh, you yeah. can make that Johnny Depp dancing around a fire dressed as a pirate or yeah or you could do um you know uh, tom hanks from castaway dancing around the fire with his little um wilson, with wilson. yep yeah. that, that i know i can picture that scene right now so yeah that's happening so uh yeah i, I like fire Island quite a bit he's He's legit. I'm just kind of bummed because, you know, Fairbanks, Castillo, there's so many good arms in that bullpen. Like, it's an embarrassment of riches they have. I still think Castillo will get some there because it is the Rays after all. But like you said, this could be the Nick Anderson thing where it's kind of a committee for a while. And they got Nick Anderson. He kind of slid in there and got the heavy, heavy usage. So nothing would surprise me in Tampa Bay. Bright side is when they keep winning like 16 out of 17 games, there's multiple save chances out there. So so enjoy. Austin Austin Meadows. On fire. Fuego. Fuego on Fire Island. It's crazy. I think there's a coincidence here. Um, <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks, Merrill Kelly, picked up in 172 leagues as high as $84. He's actually been sneaky good of late. Sneaky he good. He has been. And, uh, and that, that, I'm thankful that I played DFS because otherwise I would have had no idea he was that good because I just like kind of put him to the side. Like, that's Merrill Kelly. He gets hit hard by lefties, blah, blah, blah. He's been going into like the Dodgers and other guys, like shutting him down, looking very, very good. Kind of got beat up his last start a little bit, but overall, I think he's worth a. Uh, he's definitely streamable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I commented on uh, Twitter about how you shouldn't be allowed to hit four singles in a row to <laughs> score any runs. Uh, about Merrill Kelly getting babbitt by by the Mets, but no, he has been really good. I picked him up actually a couple weeks ago in a few places. Um, you know, I think it's his cutter. He, the, the numbers, the, a lot of the traditional strikeout metrics don't necessarily jump out at you. Like his in zone contact isn't great. His, um, swinging strike rate isn't great, but he throws a cutter and I think it's a curve are his best pitches and he's up the cutter usage recently and, um, he gets a really high CSW. So while you may not be able to see it in the traditional strikeout stats, his CSW has been really strong uh, recently. And so um, I really like Merrill Kelly. He was really good last year. And I think one of the concerns was he had thoracic outlet uh, surgery. And so a lot of times guys struggle coming back. His velo was down towards the end of the year, but that has bumped um, back up as well uh, during that period of time. So 
Um, yeah, I, I, I like Kelly, especially this week. You know, this week he had um, he had the Mets start, which again, you know, you process wise, good start to take. Yep. Didn't turn out that great, but it's fine. And then he's got at Milwaukee is his next start, which you have to feel good about as well, given um, the slumbering bats that they have had all season. So a great pickup. I really liked him a lot. Not a guy that you probably had to break the bank for, but uh, definitely worthy of like that 20 to $30 bid. And if he continues to pitch well, I think you keep him in a 15-teamer and you kind of use him as a matchup play, maybe throw him 75% of the time. Yeah, let's hope that that Milwaukee offense stays quiet. They put up double digits on Tuesday, and so let's just let's stay quiet for Merrill Kelly because I do have him in a few leagues for the two step. And I'm with you. I think if you have room on your bench, which some teams don't nowadays, he's definitely a stash in like matchup play because he's shown like even as a Dodgers a team, we probably would have benched him against. He pitched very very well. So more he's often than not, 12. yeah, he's he's got that cutter working like you said, and he's he's making plus like the Dodgers. There's some teams that are struggling a lot, so. Don't just think every team's the same team. Anyway, like I was looking, the Yankees are striking out thirty percent of the time versus lefties in the last like two and a half weeks. It's 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 bad for some teams right now. So don't just assume a team is playing good. Go look at some numbers, and you'll be surprised who you can stream out there. Um, James Caprillion, uh, yeah, picked up in one hundred and fifty-two leagues, one hundred and thirteen max, two-star week. I got him last week. Pitched great against Seattle last week. Not so much this week. We got Colorado on Sunday, which I told you I was going to play him for. So. We're going to see how this goes. It sucks um, that he didn't do so hot against Seattle. He started out That's great. Always- struck out struck out two in the first. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get the good start, and I'm just going to let it kind of whatever happens on Sunday happens. And then, yeah, that didn't go so well. So, um, yeah. yeah, but you know That's what that means, fingers. right? That means he crushes the deal. Rockies, right? He yeah. deals in course. Exactly. That's how he's going to shut him down. Out. It'll be a Sunday lineup with a bunch of the main players sitting and stuff. It's going to be great. It's crazy because, like, right now um, – Bassett's getting lit up by the Mariners, too. It's just like, what are we supposed to do? Alex Wood gave up eight runs against the Angels in like three innings tonight. It's banana lands. It's baseball, baby. It's baseball. I I stacked the wrong side of that game, let me tell you. I had all my right-handed giants in there. It was a good stack. Andrew Heaney always does me dirty. If I play him, he gets shelled. If I don't, if I stack against him, he pitches like this. This is what Andrew Heaney does. I love stacking against Andrew Heaney because it's like – Yeah, I do it every time. Everybody loves him. (laughs) But yeah. he really he gets lit up sometimes. So. Yep. When he gets lit, when he gets hit, he gets hit a lot. So it's never like three runs and he's done through six. It's it's all or nothing with Andrew Heaney. And uh, right now it's nothing for the Giants. So <laughs> we got that going for us. But uh, anything else? We talked about Carpillion a lot last week. So we were not yeah, talking. Yeah, I, I don't week. think anything to add. I mean, with these guys again, we don't have a large major league sample. So continue to monitor the skills and see like where they're at. Um, you know, and, and especially as, as the book grows yeah. on them around the league, you know, guys will get to see what they're pitching. They'll get to see sequencing. They get to see all those things. So, you know, when we look at, when we look at him, he's still like solid middle of the road, 14.4% came out his walk rate, 10.3% swinging strike rate, you know, so everything's kind of like fine. Um, but then you just got to look at some areas where there's some regression coming, maybe in that Babbitt, the strand rate. Things like that. So, again, fine. Play him in the right situations. Um, Vinny V, we talked about last week, so we'll pass on him. Hoyle yeah, Faro. sorry, guys. That Vinny V start was coming somewhere. That was Vinny V um, doing Vinny V things. He, it's just what he does. We were all on him. It's what he does. I have him um, in so many DCs, but I, I don't have him in any of my regular leagues just because uh, it's, it's always dicey with Vinny V. And it's you always get, dicey. The reason why he's, he's good is because you can get those elite outings from 
Yep. But he's got, man, can they he got such a high ceiling and his floor's in the basement. <laughs> yeah. so, we got a basement game last yeah. week. He doesn't even have a floor. It's in the week. basement. <laughs> Yeah, negative numbers in the basement. Uh, Jorge Alfaro is a popular pick as well. But uh, I want to ask you about Rob Resnider. The uh, Minnesota Twins, well, first off, he was picked up in 133 leagues, as high as $88. Um, he was a second baseman for the longest time. Twins have picked him up. He's been in the outfield. He leaves his indentation on center field walls because he doesn't know what a warning track is. That's pretty cool. But, um, you know, Buxton's having setbacks. You have Kepler back to the IEL. Like, Larnick, he came and pinch hit on Tuesday. But he's got hit uh, – I think in the knee or something on Monday. So he's a little sore. The Twins are banged up, and Rest Niner is actually producing right now. Producing better almost against righties than lefties power-wise. Keep that in mind. But he's producing. So any thoughts on uh, Rest Niner? They still have Garlic and company there, and Garlic went deep against a lefty on Tuesday. But Rest Niner seems to play every day, no matter righty or lefty. Yeah, except today, I guess he sat because of soreness in his bicep. Well, Ref Snyder did too now? Yes, oh, because they're running into the wall. Because Larnock, Larnock yeah. yesterday did. I, so I, in a 12-teamer, I picked up Larnock and Ref Snyder for this week because they're playing three against the Orioles and yeah. four against KC. Good so matchups. I thought it was beautiful. Um, and Larnock actually looks good. really good. Like, yeah. if you look at the underlying metrics, I'm oh. kind of like, wow, this looks good. I mean, him and... Having him in Kirilov obviously yeah. looks phenomenal. Like that's quite a quite a tandem they're going to have moving forward. I mean, with Ref Snyder, I think the things that stand out obviously. I mean, like he's hitting out of his mind. It's not going to continue. He has a great week this week, hitting the ball really hard. Decent plate discipline. He's always had really good plate discipline in the majors. Always had always had decent contact. His contact is down, but the quality of contact has been really good. Five barrels, thirteen point nine percent barrel rate so everything is really good and so i was just hoping i could ride him through this week and that he would do really well obviously the injury you know things aren't going well but i don't think he's a long-term guy like i think there's another player we're going to talk about harold ramirez i see him as a better long-term play this week and ref snyder as like if you just need an outfielder to fill in for a guy who's injured or you just want to play kind of a, a positive matchup this week he was maybe the way to go there so uh, I like I like what I saw um, out of out of Ref Snyder that whole Minneapolis outfit. Honestly, I had garlic in some bids, although you know I knew the playing time was a little bit more questionable. Although when Kepler went on the DL, that opened it up. So yeah, I, I like what we've seen so far, and I don't think he's going to be good long term. But I think you ride it while you can right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I love the Larnock talk because I'm a huge Trevor Larnock fan, and I had to draft drop him in one league this past week, which really stung. Like I have him mm-hmm. in a bunch of leagues, but it was a, it was a 12 teamer where I got like Starling Marte back and a couple other out. Like I got my guys back that I've had out for so long that I drafted, and I needed to add stuff elsewhere on my roster. I'm like, well, this is a 12 team problem. This is what happens, and uh, I dropped him for like I think it was Rikidi or something. I'm like, okay, that, that's a move I can make. I can suck. I'm cool with that. Because I, I tweeted it out, and someone's like, you draft Larnick? I'm like. There's stuff that happens in each scenario. Trust me, because I have him in a bunch of other leagues, and that's I love the talent, like you said, and um, I have him a lot in OBP leagues because his average people scares him off. He's an OBP monster. His plate discipline for a a, mm. a rookie is outstanding, and uh, that's big. And you mentioned his underlying statistics. He's gonna really get clicking, kind of like Kirilov started out slow. He got going a little faster than Larnak, but you, you mentioned the last week or so, you can see Larnak starting to feel more comfortable and it's starting to come along. That outfield's dangerous, really, really dangerous. So I'm with you there. That's why I think I could see – I think, can't remember what show I heard it on. So no, if he keeps hitting, he's going to get traded because he can just put Kirill off at first base, if, assuming you know Kepler and Buxton get healthy. But 
they'll have too many pieces of that puzzle. That's a whole nother whole nother discussion there, but it's, it's a good thing to have for the, the Twins at this point in time. Uh, Willie Adamas got traded to the Milwaukee Brewers, and all he's done is crush baseballs. He got added in 133 leagues, as high as 82 bucks. This is a guy we kind of both liked going into the season. It's just sourced up so deep. It's like he's so far down the list. Now people are adding him because he's just beasting out, especially against left-handed pitching. Um, if you need him, it's great. It's kind of funny because we talked about like Freddie Galvis and Jose Iglesias and all these guys in recent weeks. Apparently, Adamas has been sitting out there. I assumed he would have been picked up by now. So what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, um, I think Adamas is a great pickup. I mean, people have kind of mentioned it, but he's always said that he's struggled to, to see the ball um, in Tampa, and his numbers kind of bear that out. He's got a much lower – I mean, his hut strikeout rate's still high. I think it's like 27%, but it's over 30% for his career in Tampa. Um, he just hits better across the board um, on the road. So, again, whether that bears fruit like over the longer term, I think there's a reasonable – justification for why you might see a, a skill bump also just a much better stadium uh to hit in than uh the rays and so i think yeah i think he's a great pickup in 15s he's gonna play every single day he's easily the best shortstop there defensively you know um everything so yeah i'm a i'm a, I'm a big fan of that uh, of, of picking him up and, and adding him if, if you can you know even in even in 12 teamers i think we've seen from him um uh, that, yeah, that that he can be he can be really good. Yeah, I, I like him in all formats pretty much. If you have at least a middle infield and shortstop position options, yeah, big fan of uh, adding Willie Adams wherever you can. Um, the Kansas City Royals. Actually, I'll save that because there's a, there's a Royals closer question on uh, later on. So we'll go there. A few other guys. We talked about some of these players. Someone kind of skip around here. You mentioned Harold Ramirez. He picked up in 97 leagues, as high as 51. I like what you where you were going with that because it looks like he actually is going to have a job full-time, and he's hitting very well right now. Probably some regret. He's playing very, very well. So what's your thoughts on Harold Ramirez, who you were kind of hinting at earlier? Um, yeah, I really like Harold Ramirez um, long-term. You know who a guy that he kind of reminds me a little bit of potentially is um, is Domingo Santana. Okay. And the reason I say that is when I was looking at his profile, um, actually, maybe that's a bad comp because he doesn't strike out a lot. You know, he's a very high ground ball rate guy. He always has been, but he has the ability to hit for some elite power. So like his exit velocity, average exit velocity, 93 miles per hour, which he's hitting a lot of ground balls. So he's not hitting a lot of balls in the air. So that, that, that is some reason why, but his max exit velocity is 114.5. He's got six barrels, 8.5% barrel rate, 52.1% stat cast hard hit rate. Uh, expected BA is 311. Expected WOBA is 362. So he's going to play every day. He's hitting in the middle of that, that lineup. He hits the ball on the ground a lot, which kind of sucks for his power, but it's going to help your batting average a lot. And when he does elevate the ball, he has the ability to do that at a pretty um, great level. And so there's a lot of guys that are like that. Like Garrett Cooper is also like that, where he hits a ton of ground balls, but when he hits the ball in the air, he can do some damage. And especially, you know, remember, he's moving from Marlins Park now to Cleveland, which has one of the better hitting parks in baseball. So I really like him. And he's stealing bases, too. He stole a base today. Um, 
you know, so I think there's a lot to like. I think he's going to be a guy maybe we look back in a couple months and maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't have the impact that uh, Adolis Garcia has had because very, very few people will. But he can be kind of like a my, uh, like a little bit, a little Adolis, you know, uh, adding some a little bit of power, more batting average, and then a little bit of speed too, which is nice. Yeah, and he's hitting in the middle of the order. So it's not like the best lineup on the planet, but – any chance he can hit like fifth on a lineup is still going to give you chances to produce. So that's that's a big thing. They're giving him a chance out the gate, and that should continue on, which is really good to see. So, yeah, I'm with you on, on Harold Ramirez. I, I looked at him quite a bit this weekend, and I was very pleased with what I had to see there. Uh, any other big names that kind of stood out to you? A lot of these guys are kind of retreads we talked about and uh, some potential two-start guys. Yeah, so Christian Walker was a guy that was available in one of my mains. I actually picked him up. I know you'd be proud of me. Um coming off a couple IL stints. Um, the guy that I added the most, and we actually have a, or one guy that I added a lot of, which we have a question about is, um, can I, can I bring the question up here? Sure. Go for, uh, we'll talk about the fry. Yeah. Fry or Sims. Um, I'd go fry. I mean, he didn't get the save today, but he pitched the last two days. He was dominant yesterday, one inning pitch, three K's. He's been incredibly good, uh, Paul Fry for the Orioles. And I know how we joke about how, you know, the Orioles never get any save opportunities, but we saw what was possible with Cesar Valdez, right? Yep. Um, you know, everybody wanted Cesar Valdez after the start. Fry's got a 40% strikeout rate on the season right now. Um, you know, he's walking slightly above, you know, league average, like 10.4%, but that's an awful for a reliever, especially a reliever who's, you know, uh, got that that level of a strikeout rate. You know, the BABIP is fine. The strand rate is fine. He hasn't given up any home runs, but he has suppressed home runs throughout his career, only 0.72 home run per nine. So I think he's a really good, a really good ad. I actually have him in some lineups this week um, already, whereas with some other guys, like I picked up Keenan Middleton, um, just with things that are going on there with Graveman on the IL and then Swanson going to the IL and Montero not pitching super well, but I didn't actually put him in my lineups. I just wanted to kind of see what, what was going to happen with him. But Fry is good enough where, you know, even if he doesn't get the saves, maybe you're getting four or five Ks for him over the course of a week with hopefully some good ratios. So I really like Fry a lot. Again, I'm done with the Reds bullpen. I just don't think they're going to settle on anybody. They kind of have a philosophy. So uh, go Paul Fry. Yeah, Paul Fry for, for president. Paul Fry for president. Um, yeah, my my biggest or my most added player this past week was probably um, Wilmer Flores. He was available in a lot of leagues, mm, yes. leagues. So uh, I definitely jumped on that one because I was just shocked to see him out there for one. And he's healthy. He's going to play all over the diamond. Everyone's like, well, doesn't he just platoon? I said, no, nah, not Wilmer Flores. Like uh, there's other guys in the roster that are platoon. But plus the Giants are all all hurt. Longo's hurt. Uh, 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 Yastrzemski just left hurt. Uh, and they're all hurt. Belts hurt. It's he has left hurt too. He, he ran into the wall trying to catch a ball, and he left with a wrist injury. Oh man! I think he might have reaggravated the wrist he had hurt before. So we'll see. We'll see where that one lands. But yeah, just everyone getting hurt. It's the it's the world of 2021 baseball. So much fun. Ramos, bring him up. <sighs> Don't tease me. Don't tease me with that one. Like that would that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. But. 
yeah, too too much. We go. Yeah, you're gonna distract me from the rest of the podcast now. Thinking yeah. of that option, he's so good, so good. I got to get to San Jose soon because Mauricio Mario Luciano is about to get promoted because he's crushing mm. everything right now. Dude, the so, Giants in four or five years are gonna be un- so good, believably good. Yeah, un- so not good. even four or five, like three to about four years, two to three yeah. years. I mean, they're already really good, but like just phenomenal hitting talent. They're going to be young and good. Right now, they're just yeah. old and putting it together. They're going to be young and good. It's going to be scary. Mark scary. my words. In two years, after his contract's up, Trevor Bauer is going to sign with the Giants. I wouldn't be surprised. I really Because they're going to have all the money in the world. Yeah. They, they're going to have so much money pretty soon. It's going to be like it's the whole rebuild thing. Like We've seen other teams do it. You get all the young players to kind of set your core and spend money all over the place. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Farhan did it with the Dodgers. He's going to do it here. So he's, you can see it kind of slowly forming together. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, let's get to the listener questions. We've got some really, really good ones, as always, on the podcast here. We'll kick it off with at Baseball Yards asks, is it panic time for Anthony Rendon? Tonight he's gone two for four with an RBI double. So he looks pretty good at the plate tonight. I know but, everybody, uh, I would, everybody who was being complained about in our listener yes, questions all did something. went, went yep. off today. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, the one concern you have with him a little bit is, um, you know, just with the injuries that he had, whether the power is going to be there. It's not there right now. You know, he's hitting 213, but he's only got a 240 Babbitt, and he's got a very low home run per fly ball rate, which, you know, and again, he's got the very low ground ball rate. The home run per fly ball rate, so the lack of home runs and the lack of Babbitt is kind of like a double whammy, you know, for that batting average. Um, he's not hitting the ball hard. His O swing is not that great, but his contact is still really good. You know, he's got, you know, five barrels, three home runs. I mean, I think, I think he'll be fine. I think he just needs to get healthy. But the thing is, the thing about, you know, this type of question too, is like, what, what are you going to do? You know, it's just like, what are you going to do? Especially with like the injuries and stuff like does it, does it matter him. whether he's going to get right or not? No, because you're going to have him in your lineup every single yeah. week for the rest of the season. Because you're never you're never going to find a more reliable person on on the waiver wire. And then if you take him out of your lineup, he's going to go off, and that's when he's going to catch up. He's going to have a week where he goes where he hits four home runs, uh, hits 500, and all of a sudden he's hitting 280, and he's back to being the usual Anthony Rendon. So he'll be fine. Yeah, looking at his numbers just briefly, like on Savant here, he's, he's being much more aggressive at the plate because his walk numbers are down. He's swinging a lot more early in the count, swinging and missing, and uh, he's chasing more. His contact rate outside the zones more, but he's chasing a lot more, and his end zone contact's a lot less. So just some some probably minor tweaks from a very, very good hitter. I wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden things start clicking quite a bit for him. Uh, I wouldn't panic just yet. I know we're getting farther and farther in the year, and you're starting to panic buttons are getting a little more interesting, but he's still one of the best third basements in base. We got paid for a reason. Let's put it that way. So I wouldn't panic just yet. It also doesn't help that most of his protection in the lineup has disappeared, which he usually gets. So um, I, I think he'll be just fine as an uh, example of Tuesday night's game. All right. I'm going to read the three questions first before we talk about the guy and the gif. But uh, draft sheet says, will the dude in the gif ever do anything? Let's go mm-hmm. to the next questions here. I have um, the from Dan the Goat, Mr. Byron Buxton Fan Club president. Any idea when Juan Soto will actually start helping us win games instead of just having a pristine stat cast page? Ground balls don't leave the yard. We have more, Toby. Just wait. I'll get to you in a second. Um, 
where are these other ones? We had a bunch. People love Juan Soto. Oh, Joel Anthony at Jag NY, your buddy from the um your your leagues you're in. Hey, yeah, that guy in the gift. What is his deal? I think that's about all of them, Toby. Juan Soto went deep tonight, folks. He had his fifth home run of the year. He's been hurt this year. I am not even close to concerned about Juan Soto. You? Yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned about Juan Soto at all. I mean, his his last year he had a 52% ground ball rate. You know, he's at 55% this year. Guys, come on. This is who Juan Soto is. With, with the exception of one year, he hits a lot of ground balls. When he hits the ball in the air, he absolutely crushes it. So Juan Soto is going to be fine. What did he do today? He hit at least one home run, maybe two. Yeah, he hit one home run. Yeah, He won, hit one home run. I think he went three for four, scored three runs. You know, Juan Soto is going to be fine, everybody. You Breathe. Know. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be All okay. Right, I cannot give you any analysis. The only thing I will say is that I did mention some concern about Juan so- drafting Juan Soto very early this year, only because last year's numbers were so unsustainable. Um, but again, he's going to be incredibly good. He's still going to score over 100 runs, drive in more than 100, hit 30 home runs, and end up hitting like 285 to 290. With like a 400 OBP, because that's what Juan Soto yeah. does. It's ridiculous. Um, Dave Petroziello asked, Karinchek has struggled in like his last four appearances. Uh, Class A has been shaky in his last few as well. Does that have anything to do with the fact that French Kona was not upfront or honest about their roles? Class A was removed seemingly from the closer role with his ERA. It was under one. That has to be a first. Now the home run and walk bugaboo and hitting Karinchek. So, yeah, we've seen Karinchek struggle of late. Class A got a save the other day. I guess he's asking, what are we doing in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, this is who kind of Karinchak is, right? Like, he's yep. the exact same guy he was last year. I think he's going to have stretches where he looks absolutely dominant, and he's going to have stretches where he looks absolutely awful because he walks a ton of guys. I mean, if you look at this year compared to last, his O swing is down, so he's getting fewer chases on pitches outside the zone. His zone percentage is up, which helps, you know, that's one of the reasons why the walk rate is down slightly. He strikes the hell out of everybody. But again, like he's got a 147 Babbitt right now. You know, that's probably won't hold. Um, he's always been a guy that actually gives up pretty decent contact because he gives up a lot of, um, you know, fly balls. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think he's fine. Like he's doing great. He's absolutely crushing. But, you know, like he's given up four barrels so far. And three of them have gone for home runs. So maybe a little unlucky there. And then a little bit of lucky with his Babbitt. So, I think all in all, he's going to be really good. I mean, 43 strikeouts in 23 innings. I mean, the great thing about that is that's like starting pitcher level stuff, yeah. you know? So that's that's wonderful. But, yeah, there's not much to add. I mean, I think he's the exact same guy he was before. I do think their their management of kind of Classe and Krinjak has been weird because I did think Classe was pitching fine. Like, he was struggling with his command. He had that game when he walked three in a row. But a lot of closers, especially with the volatility of their stuff, sometimes will go through that stuff. But Cleveland has a great back end of the bullpen. I can tell you, you know, when when uh, when the Beebs, you know, comes out of the game and, and goes into it, even though they gave up two runs in the in the ninth today, I uh, you know I feel pretty good about having that bullpen back there. As somebody who doesn't have Karinchak or Classe, I don't feel great about that bullpen back there. But I'd much rather have, have had Nick Whitgren closing from the get go. Yeah, Nick Wickren, what could have been? What could have been? Nick could have been. But, uh, could have been yeah, Classe, 
it was weird with Classe, the ERA under one, and his strikeout stuff he has. So it was kind of surprising to see him get uh, removed like that, but now he's back in it. I wouldn't be shocked if we see this kind of back and forth most of the year. Eventually, Tito just goes, you know what? We're going to play matchups here when all comes because you've got two guys that are capable, which is always nice to have that opportunity, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried. I actually like Class A better than Karinczak because Karinczak is, like you said, who we thought he was. But uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Could be very interesting. Uh, Zach at Zach Roto from the Draft Champions podcast. If you did the second chance drafts, I know you didn't. Yeah, I didn't at all. How much, if any, would you put a premium on Mets or uh, for having so many more games left than the field? Well, assuming that they're going to miss some of those games due to injury, uh, not <laughs> not much. No, I, I don't know what the exact game discrepancy was between them. I think that's certainly a thing, but it's like, you know, Comforto's kind of out the window, right? Because he's yep. gone until the end of June. Uh, so Pete Alonso, yeah, I'd give Pete Alonso a little bit of a bump. Maybe Dom Smith as well. He hasn't been playing well. He had a home run today. So hopefully that's the start of some, some things different. But who else do you really want to pay up for on that team? Nobody. Right? I mean, like, you don't want to pay maybe up for Lindor. Closers, maybe? Edwin Diaz, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, it gets tough, though. I mean, there's not anybody that really jumps out to me that's like, yeah, I would really want him. McNeil's out for a little bit longer as well. Nemo's out for a while. Nemo's out for a while. So not not really. Uh, just Alonso, and you know, I, I like Pete Alonso a lot. I mean, he's not the type of player that I necessarily want to draft where he goes and drafts, but I feel very confident about the skills and the power that he's going to be able to produce. Yep. So he's, start, he's starting to showcase that a lot more too. The last few days, yeah, man, he, so. he crushed that Merrill Kelly pitch, uh-huh. destroyed it. So yeah. he looks healthy. He looks like the big meat Pete the polar bear. So that's he that's does. a good thing there. Big big, big meat Pete the polar bear for sure. Yep. Um, Edward happens. Edward J Gillis asks, how about a couple guys in the setup role who could be closing in the next couple weeks? My pick is Barlow with Stolmont hurt and back to Holland. That shouldn't last long. He likes Barlow. That was my question I had earlier. Greg Holland was picked up in a lot of leagues. Um, are you a believer in Holland, or would you like to go back to Barlow? Um, I don't think Barlow, only because they've had every opportunity to go to him in the past, and they never have. I mean, think about the guys they've been throwing at, for in for saves and not giving them to Barlow. It's not like Barlow's even in the mix. I think he got one earlier on in the year, but... You know, they throw Zimmer, they throw Brents, they throw God knows who. And so I think for them, they just see Barlow as a guy who can go maybe a little bit more than one inning and has a little bit more value in that setup role, which honestly is is too bad because he is a very, very good pitcher. I think it's a great shout. I just don't think that that is um, the direction that they're going to go. Um, I think guys that I think, I mean, I think, he hasn't had a save chance. I think Joaquin Soria is going to get the next one uh, for the Diamondbacks. Uh, one guy, I mean, I, I tried to pick him up. He was dropped in one of my leagues. But Daniel Bard, when you, I think we talked about it at the time. But when you look at the actual underlying numbers, he actually in some ways is better than last year, hmm. I think. Or at least he's been so much more unlucky this past year. So he doesn't really count. We already talked about Paul Fry. I think he's a good ad right there. Some guys just to be thinking about, like um, maybe Kyle Crick when Rich yep. Rod gets traded, which is which is likely. Um, uh, Daniel let's Hudson. See. Daniel Hudson, yeah, but they just seem so committed to going. Brad Hand can only screw it up so much you longer. Know, He's not they, that good. 
Totally. I mean, Gregory Soto, like he looks like he's got the role, actually. I mean, I know everybody's been really into Fulmer, but even today, I mean, he gave up a home run and, and a walk, but they brought him in with a four-run lead, and it was they just got the four-run four run lead um, in the top of the ninth. So they were going to him, and they've been going to him after Fulmer, I think now in three consecutive games. So I think he's the guy to own. He was actually a popular pickup for me. I think I got him in uh, four or five leagues. Um, last week, I like the Kenyon Middleton shout from earlier. I think he's better than Montero, also, at least for the time yeah. being. Like, um, Graveman should be back hopefully So He's still quarantined in San Diego, so I don't know how bad his situation was, but my goodness, yeah. And then everybody I know wants Demarcus Evans to be the guy, but isn't Jolie Rodriguez pitching really well? I know he was, yeah. he was the guy I liked in the preseason. To I know I liked him too. Um, I feel like he's been pitching really well this season and. Um, oh, no, he he's, he's been blown up recently. He must have been blown up recently. Okay. Oh, yeah, he gave up seven earned runs in two consecutive outings. Oh, that's nice for so, the, the the manager to let him sit out there and take that beating. That's awfully yeah. nice of him. Um, I mean, Demarcus Evans, I haven't looked too close. Let's see. I know everybody's liked him for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, everything looks pretty good here. A lot of walks. But, you know, I'm always a little – sometimes it normally works out for me. I'm a little hesitant to think that they're going to throw guys without a lot of service time in there. Like, they did that with Klasse, which I was surprised about, in Cleveland, although they've moved away. They're doing it with Karinczak, obviously, now. But I just think that they'll go in a different direction there. And they've also got Spores, Sporbs, who's yeah. who, who had been pitching well. Again, I should check um, – Check to see how well he is actually doing. Yeah, so Sporbs has been really good too. Um, yeah, I mean similar similar to Evans, honestly, from a skill perspective. So maybe could be, but maybe could guys. be. Yeah, maybe there's could a be. few. But I do think I do think kind of looking at those the guys in that bullpen, I do think that the A's think that Deekman is better than Trevino. I do think that that's the case. Yeah, we shall see on that one. Uh, next question, guilds at the underscore guilds. Why did no one want the elite catchers in the second chance tourney? Even the elite ones who are smashing went dirt cheap. Sal Perez went round nine in most, fell to 10 or 11 in turn and won even. Very strange. I'd imagine because there's actually so many catchers hitting right now that people thought they could wait. That's my guess. I have no idea. I didn't do second chance drafts. People hate catchers. I mean, people yeah. hate catchers. Remember all the hate that Sal Perez was getting in the offseason? They're, off, they're like, often injured, Toby. They're often injured. Like, where worst? They're like, everybody's like, this is the worst pick ever. Yes, like, yes. Brian Slack dude, knows what's up. Brian Slack knows what I'm talking about. Where are all my Sal, Sal, Perez, is li- Sal Perez is literally playing every single game. He, he hit two more runs on Tuesday. Missed he missed one game, right? Mm-hmm. He's missed one game all season. They DH him. They throw him at catcher. He's gold. He's gold. I mean, all the catchers are great investments. All those good catchers are great investments. I love them. Yeah. But, no again, you can also draft later catchers and, you know, end up perfectly fine, as, as plenty of people are showing now. Omar Narvaez, shout out. Yadier Molina, shout out. Yep, tons and tons of options there. Uh, Joseph Morrow says, I am taking my son way up into the mountains 
off the grid and to fly fish next Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Mm. Do we drive down to the mountain on Saturday to eat, eat in town or wing fab at lunch on Friday? Wing it on Friday. Enjoy your family. That's what I would say. Wing it on Friday. This is, this is some real talk though, because yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to balance the fantasy baseball and the family, you know, and, yep. and it's, it is, it's tough. Cause it's like, we invest a lot in these leagues too. And so it's like, you're also like, I don't want to just be giving money away because I'm not going to do fab for like a week or two at the same time. Like, you know, it takes, <clears throat> it takes a toll if you do it a lot. So you know, I'd say enjoy your family, you know, do it on Friday if, if the opportunity allows. Yeah, but it, it sounds like you're going to be like major in the woods. And so, um, you know, just just enjoy it. Do your best. Save fab this week, you know, unless there's some real people, players that you need. We, we, we can go fab periods without adding or dropping players and, and you'll be fine. It actually may be a helpful experience because I think sometimes yeah. – what I'll do is I'll create this huge, long conditional bid list. And I'm like, okay, I got to churn. I got to, I got to move on. I got to move on. But at a certain point you're like, wait, do I really want this guy more than this guy? Like, is that, is it really like, is he worth like $2 more than this guy? You know? So um, yeah. So anyways, uh, spend time with your family, prioritize that, do that. But, um, but I hear you. I feel you. Yeah. No, that's the biggest thing is, you can miss fab from time to time. Don't miss it. Like on an accident, I can't stand people that tweet out, Oh, I forgot about fab this week. That bugs me so much. Like, that's just like a pet peeve of mine. Uh, don't be in the league if that's the case. But, um, if you got stuff like this, just go put your bids in on Friday. At least you put your bids in. You tried. That family is more important. Uh, juggling the schedule is a nightmare. So, um, yeah, do what you got to do in that regard. They'll be there next week. And as Toby said, like, one week shouldn't kill you. It really shouldn't, as long as unless your team's like just in the. If your team's such a mess that one week's going to kill you, you're probably already done anyways. Is the way I see it. So um, go go enjoy the time with the little one. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't fret too much about it, to say the least. All right, Simon. Yeah, Pease. What, Bob, Bob. I have an admission to make. Mm-hmm. I forgot about a fab for the first time. I didn't like, do bar. I didn't do bar fab. Last but that's week. one league. I'm talking about all your fabs. Yeah. Like I see people say, like I. But Drew, like, Drew Smiley was available, and Maddie Wood got him for like 58 bucks. Based on based on looking at the transactions last week, it looked like a lot of people might have forgot fab. There's only like yeah. five or six people added this past week. It was a small, small addition yeah. week. Um, but then again, a lot of guys have spent a lot of money already, like a lot of money already in that league. So we'll see. Uh, Simon yeah, P. Do they have Alec Manoa though? Those are the players in the league. No, did you play him this week? No. no. Did you I've start him this in, week? I've got him in this week, not last okay. week. Not last week. Okay, good. Because I didn't know it's it's a weekly league too. Yeah. Weekly weekly leagues. Yep. Weekly for hitting. Oof. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Simon P. So we say the Dodgers are going to Dodger, Rockies are going to Rocky. So time for the Giants are going to Giant. So many players on this team, and so hard to tell who to use and how much value they hold. How to navigate this messy, fancy oh. landscape. All I got to say, Simon P., is I warned you before the season started. This is a platoon team. This is what they do. There's a handful of guys that will play pretty much every day. Crawford will play like five out of seven games. Posey will play five out of seven games. Um, Yastrzemski, when healthy, will play most of the games. But it's like the Rays. You're going to have so many platoon spots out there. But when injuries happen like they have happened, all of a sudden Dubon's playing every day. Mm -hmm. Flores is playing every day. You just got to kind of wave it out with them. Like it's going to suck sometimes, but then when – the injuries happen, pounce. 
Like right now, Steven Duggar is probably going to play a lot. And he's been sneaky good. And he's probably on almost every waiver wire out there. So he's a guy that's going to be very active on waivers this week. Don't break the bank for him, please. But he's going to get a lot of playing time, him and Talkman. So just watch watch what they do the rest of this week with all these injuries, and it'll give you an idea who's going to play a lot next week. That's the way I see it. But it's a massive platoon team. That's how they built it. Yeah, totally. I think you, that, that was beautifully said. <laughs> all right. Um, he has another question, though. This is kind of funny. Who the F are these Mets guys? Jones, Jonesway, Fargus, Mason Williams. He's in a deep NL only and has no clue who they are and what to make of the mess. Plus, they have Peraza, Drury, McKinney. Any of them useful uh, before they get healthy or after? Uh, I'd say Peraza yeah, in the deep playing. NL. Yeah. Just because he's playing every day, I think. And he was yeah, actually on their bench when they were healthy, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so I would go with Peraza would be my... Yeah, and he'll get you steals, so I, I, I can see that happen. And the rest of them, they're just fill-ins, and they're just a pulse until things change. Um, like, look, I'd rather have it take a chance on Lamonte Wade playing like three or four games a week for the Giants yeah, than, I had than one of those guys. Yeah. So stuff like that. Like, I'm a big Wade fan, but right now he looks like he's a straight-up uh, only-versus-righties guy, which is strong side. So on the right weeks, that's a very, very powerful play, and they lead him off when they do it, so keep that in mind. He was a DFS play I recommended when he went deep yesterday. Just throw him out there. Um Last question we have here from our buddy D. Mendy, David Mendelson from Triple Play Fantasy. If Toby Pancakes and Cakey Smalls had to roster a team starting pitching rotation on their fantasy team, specifically starters one through three, are there any better right now than the Brewers? Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Probably. So who's the best starting three in baseball is what he's asking. I mean... Giolito, Rodon, and Lynn is pretty good. I'd still take the Brewers. I'd take DeGrom and two, just whatever. Just DeGrom. Like, you got Bueller, Bauer, and Kershaw. That's pretty good. As much as people don't like Bauer. Kershaw is really good. I would would probably go with that Brewers crew. Um, I'm trying to think of other – no. There's some pretty good ones. I mean, Miami has Alcantara – Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers. That's not bad, but they've been th- they've been showing some young hiccups at times right now, which is yeah. what they'll do. They're they've still got very some tough good. matchups. God, Alcantara had what did he have? Like Arizona, he would have had Pitt. Who did he? Who did the game get? No, it was the was it the Mets that it got rained out on? I don't know. He had some easy matchup on Sunday. It got rained yeah. out, so he got pushed to the Blue Jays with a two start week. He does get the Pirates. Which will help. Back in, but it's just like, come on, give us a what, break. What about Ryu, Ray, Manoa? No, let's get <laughs> They've actually hey, been Robbie decent. Ray. Decent, Robbie yeah. Ray. Got it done again. Who needs Alec Manoa when you got Robbie Ray? It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's for a three pack, it's that the Brewers yeah, might Robbie. have that one. The Brewers might have that one. Woodruff. Oof. I mean, it's going to be interesting next year in drafts. I mean, I don't know how the second year, second, you know, the second chance drafts have gone, but Woodruff's got to be top ten guy, you know, top ten overall player. Yeah. Right. At he this should, point, he I mean, be. he should be. He's like, I mean, he's phenomenal. Burns, like, oof, so good. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm looking at somebody's like the Padres would have been up there, but they've been disappointing. Cleveland, you got Bieber and Savale, but nothing really. 
Uh, now it's amazing how that Cleveland rotation has really fallen fallen like, apart. I'm not even trying to be a homer, but like Gossman, Wood, and find your third. Is it Webb, Cueto? Like if we went two packs, it'd be yes, interesting. Disco. Disco Fani, yeah. Like, um, you know who I can't stand? Or not who I can't stand, but Savali is so lucky. He's so <laughs> lucky. The luckiest, like, let's 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 let me take a look at his stats. I just I just I've been meaning to say this in some venue, but like Savale crushes my soul. Because it's like I want there to be fairness. I want there to be justice in the world. He's got a 328 ERA, a 107 whip. He's got 54 strikeouts in 74 innings. He's got a low Babbitt. He even gives up a decent amount of home runs. He doesn't really walk guys, but like his strikeout rate is 18.5%. His swinging strike rate is 9.5%. Like his in-zone contact is 88.4%. He does, he doesn't even throw the ball in the zone that much. Like he doesn't, there's nothing about Eric that about Savale skills wise that's good. And yet somehow some way he's there like even his his csw is 24.9 percent like there's not a single metric where he's good but he's good now do john gant because john gant this is how i feel about john gant Gant. he's the luckiest luck box on the planet oh my god he's doing it today yes i know he's He's doing doing it again I'm going to keep stacking against him every time out because it's absolutely oh, three, so three Ks, three, Ks so three walks. Again, like he's just so bad. It's unbelievable. The strand rate on that guy. What's the strand rate on that guy? Too high. Like, look at his Sierra, his X Fips, his X. Like, everything is off the freaking chart. He has over a 15% walk rate. It's only 85%. He just he doesn't give up home runs, though. He doesn't 22. give up anything. He doesn't give up anything. He doesn't, he doesn't, 2% came out his walk. It's uh, unbelievable. So bad. Oh my god, you're right. He doesn't do anything either. He tight ropes. How do these all guys? Long. How are these pitchers that don't do anything? How are they good? This is what is so unjust about fantasy baseball. Sometimes it's like, you know, <sighs> yeah, the blow up's gonna come and it's gonna be glorious. That's all I know. It's coming. But I deserve but. it. I don't. I don't start Luis Garcia against the red. He's got the Red Sox and, and at the Blue Jays. That Blue Jay starts scary. That Blue Jay starts uh, terrifying. Dude, I, I sat Zach Granke this whole. The, this I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't worried about the Red Sox start. I was worried about the Blue Jay start. That's a terrifying start. I don't know. Boston crushes righties this year. They're like they crush righties. Yeah, their offense been so Toronto crushes righties. righties. Toronto crushes everybody. Like they're yeah, that offense they're right just, now. Just stay God, out of the way. Who's that guy in the middle of their lineup? Yeah, I don't we know. Talked about him first all. first he's, baseman, he's, right? First baseman. First yeah. base, hits third. Maybe I think he had his 17th home run tonight. Yeah, he's 17th good. home run. And of course, he did it on my boy, Sandy Alcantara. The guy, I mean, I don't have him everywhere, but I was like, come on. The tour of shame isn't enough. You got to do it against the guy, the pitchers that I have. I felt so bad. On I, to be good. I felt so bad for Alcantara. Someone's like, so are you going to use him today? I said, nope. And I love Sandy, but I'm like, I'm just not. The Jays are just a team I'm not feeling comfortable yeah, joining. You had well. to do it, though. His second start of the week is at Pitt. Yeah, no, that's true. This this person asked in a daily moves league. I'm like, nope, he's on my bench. Like, I'm and, just and not granted, And granted, like, he went six innings. He gave up four runs. He it was the one mistake. Anybody. One he mistake. Nine. Yeah. One mistake. 
you know, if he pitches he's John Ganty gets out of it. One run, he's going to be great for them. Yeah. So. What's that? If he was John Gant, he gets out of it. So that's just how it goes. Uh, Every every five days, I get very angry at John Gant. It's unbelievable because you should not be able to do it. He is the David Copperfield of pitchers right now. Um, But that'll wrap us up, Toby. We're going to call it a night there. Listener questions are done. Everything is done. We're in the books. Any final thoughts? We're uh, into the month of June, two months into the season now. No, it's a lot of fun. I'm thoroughly enjoying fantasy baseball at the moment. Um, Offense picking up. To hit. Some guys are starting to get yep. better. Some guys are starting to get worse. You know, the waiver is nicer. I forgot. Like, I actually enjoy the waiver wire when it's not like the first handful of weeks is just brutal. And now it's kind of like there's a flow to it. There's a, the bids aren't crazy. It's more strategic. Like, who am I picking up this week for next week? Who am I just, doing a slight upgrade on for matchups. Who am I speculating on for closers and not just like, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yep. It's good times. We are in full force for a few more months, four more months actually on the season. It's beautiful. Things are getting, uh, getting really fun out there. The giants have the best record in the national league, by the way, just throwing that out there through two months. So we'll have some fun with that one. As long as I can don't plan on it being forever, but I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Uh, you can find Toby on Twitter at bath of crazy. I am on Twitter at BDNTrick. This was Bub on the Bat Flip, episode 86. We'll catch you guys next time. from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote? Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.